Well, I don't feel like I'm a part of the everyday American society, and I don't want to be, let me tell you. Okay? I do my damnedest to tear it down. A governor's task force has determined that punk rockers are society's new subversives and must be treated as such. Taxation is theft. Oh! God damn it, motherfucker! We're talking peace, love, and honor. The BR Hates Fed Show. Welcome to the Rice Fields, motherfuckers. Usually it tends to be more than an hour and a half just for editing, but... Sure, sure. Cool. We'll, we'll, we'll just go with it. All right. Um, hello and welcome to the BR Hates Fed Show. I have a, uh, a great guest who I've had the pleasure of meeting in person. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to chat that much to Childerberg, but we're going to make up for it now. So I am talking to... Uh, Mike the Polymath, or Michael Whistler, of the Easy Peasy Podcast. We're going to get into some gardening stuff. So, uh, well, and all sorts of liberty-related goodness. We'll see, we'll see where we go, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, how you doing, man? Good, good, man. Uh, it's funny, I've said I've said at least a few times, it's like life after after my first Childerberg ain't, ain't the same as life before. I feel very much the same, yeah. That, that was my second year, but the first was, like, transformational. Like, we've yeah, just... Man. Like, I don't know if you felt the same, but kind of going there, there's... Because I, I listened to your Childerberg episodes. Um, you, If you want to... what You did exactly what I really wanted to do when I went there this year, but I didn't have a mobile recorder, and I was also just getting so sucked into just the all the great conversation that was happening there. But... um you were going around in your episodes and just recording. Did you have like a mobile recorder with you? Yeah, yeah, I can show you. Um, it, it worked great. Like, just yeah, where the hell is that? Well, I don't know where it's at, but it's a it's a really handy little device. Uh, it's a Tascam uh, DX90 or some shit. Uh, but they make all kinds of different ones, and they make them now. They're teeny tiny little little things, and they yeah, so I'd recommend it, but. It's funny because, like you said, we didn't really get a chance to hang out too much. I met you like the last night. Yeah, you, you came by like we very me and my lady briefly stopped by your your garden stool, but um, or your plants or whatever you want to call it. But um, and then Farm, farm yeah, shop. yes, yes, we will definitely be touching on the the agorism and and how green fingers and guns go together. Uh -huh. But um, no, you you dropped by Little Amsterdam at perhaps the most. <laughs> the most momentous few hours which was uh Dude, a hell of a it was, sight <laughs> it was epic it was epic it, you know what i did i ordered my ar-15 like the next day fuck from, yes from a friend that's, um yeah that's he, what we like for me so yeah man um it was it was it was cool i i i felt silly because i was camped right next to y'all the whole time but i hadn't like wandered that way i thought yeah this is like the end of camp like I yeah, just yeah. walk the other direction every time. I probably walked, I don't know, 20, 30 miles in three days. Oh, just, for sure. Just walking the length of Childerberg. It, it was literally like a pop-up anarchist village. It was yeah. fucking incredible. And we made the mistake because we arrived at like pretty late, like 12 o'clock on the Friday night. And so it was pitch black. So mm -hmm. we arrived and we were looking for a good spot. We couldn't see shit. We were just 
We found an open space, hugged a bunch of shadow people, and then went to go and set up. And in the morning, I was like, ah, fuck, we're like the front of the camp, which we should not be the front of the camp, as you saw. Like, uh-huh. could yeah, well, we... hey, you know, you could say that you could look at it two ways. Maybe you should be the front of the camp. <laughs> no, no, actually, tactically, fair enough. But um, <laughs> I, honestly, if Childerberg was a real, if, if society as we know it, polite society as we know it, or so-called mm-hmm. polite society as we know it, had ended, we might we might have to be the first camp, but if, yeah. as an outsider, I don't want to give anything away. Could you just paint a little bit of a picture for what you walked up to Little Amsterdam and saw? Well, it progressed. It progressed. <laughs> so as I walked up, it was pretty unassuming. You know, everybody's just hanging out. I, I almost want to say somebody was playing music. Or, oh, yeah, uh, for sure, for sure. It's, it's, it's a chill atmosphere. Yeah, it's, you know, it's chill. It's chill. You know, maybe a little weed in the air, whatever. Like Allegedly. Bears, allegedly. <laughs> and, um, you know... I, you know, I just start, basically I wanted to meet everybody, like at least everybody that I could. And yeah, yeah. Um, so like, this was like kind of the last little group. And I was like, holy shit. Like I really haven't met these people. And there was, uh, oh man, who all was there? Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm a just a lot, lot of names, man. A I know. And a lot of people that I hadn't really talked to yet. So I, I met all these folks. You started recording in the back of your truck, right? Your yeah, Tahoe. Yeah. It might have been a Tahoe. I've been. Who cares? Yeah. But you had a little like <laughs> set up in there. You had like six or eight dudes crammed well, in. You you arrived before dark. Yeah, slightly, slightly, and then it got dark, and I got progressively more drunk, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and and you started recording and like. It was cool, but I was like, you know, there's so many people here. I'm not trying to butt in on this conversation, right? And uh, so I kind of like wandered away. And that's when like a bunch of people started busting out their kits. And and it was like, okay, right on. Like, I want to see what everybody's packing here. Like, let's see the hardware. And uh, it was just a little show and tell, you know, it was harmless. It was safe. It was like totally cool. Um, Yeah, man. It it was rocks, man. I'm all about it. It was such a perfect time for you to arrive because, like, what we talked about, or what we talked about when you first got to the camp, and we were like, you know, we brushed shoulders like a little bit, but that was the first time we properly talked. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about just everyone coming from all over the place, like yourself. I barely introduced what you do yet, but you come from more the, um, I'd say the permaculture space. Permaculture, there you go. Um, some people might not know that word, so I'll say like small ag gardening. Um, like organic farming, um, homesteading, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. The the stuff that we're all very rapidly freaking out and being like, I don't know enough about that yet. <laughs> yeah. How do I live off grid? Holy shit. I need yeah. to figure this out. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I can't I'm, eat I'm, bullets. I'm that kind of stuff. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we were talking about kind of the, the beautiful cross-contamination that was going on and the convergence of people from all over the place, like, yeah, man. Uh, crypto guys and you know militia guys and you got your your hippie gardeners and stuff and your, your psychedelic warriors out there like just all sorts of people. Your your total nomads. Your uh, yeah, <laughs> like I mean, like health a, people. Plenty of people who have like normal everyday jobs too. Yep. Who are just like switched on and like looking for a way out. So yeah. it was a total spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. People at all sorts of different stages in their journey and all sorts of different skill sets and all sorts of different disciplines and routes into this stuff. And that was, so I really wish we could have sat down at Childerberg, but 
Yeah, man. It's but hard. It's hard. It's so hard. There's so many people you want to chat with and so many people yeah. coming through. And like, cause that was my second year, my first year, I got a bit more of an opportunity. Like I think you did where I could be more of a fly on the wall. Cause yeah. I was introducing myself to people. Mm-hmm. Whereas this year, everyone's like, Oh, BR. And I'm like, all right, well, I love, I love talking to you, but now we got to sit down for like half an hour, hour. I'm going to get stoned and drunk, you know, yeah. like, and then I'm not talking to like half the people I want to, but my whole thing was like, I'm just going to flow with it and go yeah. wherever, wherever I go and talk to whoever I talk to. Obviously, would have loved to have gotten you on that Childerberg episode. But like, it was kind of cool because, um, you know, as many podcasters as there were there, you know, you could try to like interview all the podcasters or you could just talk to everybody and like see what anybody might have to offer you know? yeah that, that's and so like you did exactly exactly what i wanted to do which was go around and and get like a little flay a little bite of everything which was perfect like i love those two episodes that you did and then so what i did kind of feeling that because i i was like last day on sunday i was like oh fuck i need to record a podcast or record a you know bring people on afterwards that's not as fun yeah yeah, yeah. but so, so instead of being like oh i need to go and grab like you know bird and car and then rollo and all, all, all the podcast people as you said although you did get you you know you got campers and and the characters on which i liked but yeah a little bit of both i guess yeah 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 i i had uh, a bunch of first time childerburgers there and it was I, I don't know if that's the term we're going for i keep on saying childerburgers but it doesn't I sound- say my childerburger <laughs> oh christ <laughs> or some shit <laughs> i mean you got to just embrace it right it's goofy as fuck but like no it, it is that's kind of the fun like when yeah. everyone hears dumb childerburg they're like oh jesus what kind of freak show is this and it is a freak show but the most yeah, delightful yeah, but, kind but it's definitely not a cult so yeah definitely not a cult but but bring <laughs> bring more people bring bring more people yeah well i'm i'm hoping i can talk <laughs> to my, a few of my hoosier buds into coming down uh, okay. The uninitiated a Hoosier is somebody from the great state of Indiana. I, I heard you using that term, and I was like, that's that's a new one for me. That's yeah, well, to add from, that to the vernacular. Pond, yeah? Ireland? No. Or, no. <laughs> I, I've got the Irish attitude, but unfortunately, I was born uh, on the wrong side, uh, England. I've got a terrible ear for accents. So. No, my, no, it's all right. As many of my listeners have pointed out, my accent is completely fucked at this point because I've been over here years. Kind of ambiguous, yeah. Yeah, it, it's like a like a transatlantic like fuckfest at this point. No one <laughs> my, my girlfriend's American, so she's whittling away at me, and then she'll just repeat an English accent back to me at times. I'm like, <laughs> sorry. Funny, man. Well, I I, I can relate because I've lived in like I've I've lived in rural Colorado, rural Utah rural indiana and then like urban indiana and so i have a little bit of everything and depending yeah. on my level of intoxication <laughs> um different different dialects seem to come out you know oh yeah if, if you get me fucked up i'll speak with my local yeah. uh east anglian accent yeah man yeah <laughs> but no like childerberg was literally probably one of the best times i've ever had not probably like definitely one of the top two or three best fucking times I've ever had. And, um, you know, I'm, I, I probably never, like I said, I kept using the word convergence. You, I, you know, I actually listened to your recent episode and I fucking dug it first of all, but, um, I appreciate you, that. you use the, you use the term again here, uh, cross contamination, which is one way of saying it. I like cross pollination, man. That's no, that I'm sounds a lot better. I'm just, uh, yeah, that, 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 that's, that's my, uh, 
punk vocabulary. Everything has to be yeah. disgusting and fucked it's up. It's got to be toxic or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but man. no, pollination is much better. That's uh, pollination, man. These are different communities converging and like cross-pollinating and sharing their little bits of, uh, of wisdom, you know? Yeah. And the fact that everybody was just, I, I kept saying it, but everybody's starting at this like level, right? We all agree on on the basic rule, right? The voluntarism yep. rule or whatever you want to call it. We agree on Don't fuck with other people. Don't tread on me, motherfucker. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and um from there you can just talk about anything and yep. like be have it be productive and respectful and like um, you know, tons of conspiracy th- theories being thrown around, but like people <laughs> straight up objecting being like i don't know about that one yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm just gonna let you just like sh- you know shoot anything out there <laughs> you know like so it's cool man but like everybody's in good spirits the whole time like no drama it was it was kick-ass yeah it, it's truly like finding your tribe and it's the yeah. wildest feeling because like i think basically anyone listening to this or anyone in, in our space has been a black sheep on some level at some point in their lives if not most of their lives Mm-hmm. And so suddenly, like, because you said you hadn't been to any festival like this before, right? I mean, the closest thing I'd been to is like this badass bluegrass festival, which was mm. actually the following weekend. And I didn't go to it because I had self-reliance fest the weekend after that. I had like two festivals already in a month. But this this one particular little bluegrass fest that I've gone to the last three or four years has a total anarchy vibe. Hmm, like outlaw country kind of stuff? Yeah, man. But like it's known as the most laid back festival in the country. Wow. And like, you know, I mean, it's a self self-proclaimed uh tag <laughs> i was like i was like, like, it's like it's like when you're a little like, didn't say that like yeah that little little rinky dink pizza shop in the middle of nowhere is like world's best pizza and you're like fuck how'd well, they do that it's a cool <laughs> festival man because it's like it's capped at two thousand people it's in like a wooded setting mm. and not so dissimilar from childerberg except like way greener and way taller trees and much much more of that cathedral. Oh no! Proper, proper in the woods with cloaks vibes. I like it. Yeah, no cloaks, no cloaks. <laughs> oh, a bunch of redheads and like patchouli smelling motherfuckers smoking dope and listening to bluegrass and um, you know campfires and, and jams going all night long, just like at Childerberg, except instead of jams, it was conversation. Like yeah, pretty heady conversation a lot of time, but like super goofy and just fucking around at the same time right oh yeah yeah it'll it'll go from i mean christ uh spirit resistance the 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 big guy you probably you might have met him mm-hmm. well um, he was the name i was trying to spirit sor yeah 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 yeah. he yeah, i was trying to remember his name I, yeah. I i i make so much fun of him and he listens sometimes so I, so hopefully he, he hears this but uh he always he has a habit of holding court he'll go in like oh i'm not gonna debate anyone I, i'll come back to him like however many de- uh, beers it takes him. And he's like debating six people. And like, I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude, just chill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I love it though. If you want that kind of conversation or if you want to just fuck around or whatever it is, like it's available. Yeah, it reminds me almost of like locker room chats. Or whatever. <laughs> You're get us in trouble. <laughs> I, I said, well, I said, but like more mature and more, <laughs> but like that whole, like that machismo of like, we're we're joking, but we're also being quite serious at the same time. Yeah, like, we're, we're all on a level. We're on a certain 
yeah, we're all on a team. First of all, that's what it felt like. That's why I say locker room. It's like, we're all on the same team. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, there's, there's a little bit of that, like, like I said, machismo bravado, like joking around, but like at the same time, we're, we're, we're getting at something real. Like we're yeah, not, yeah. we're not, not taking this seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it's, it's funny. Like the, it's a very different environment. Like I was saying to what most of us will have ever experienced, like being able to talk so yeah. openly about so many complex and like out there ideas and, yeah. and just talk about like things that fascinate us, like homesteading and self-reliance and stuff to mm-hmm. so many people and everyone being like, yeah, man, that's so cool. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, otherworldly but you've had i guess a hell of a lot of experience now that you've you've done childerberg self-reliance fest and you done anything else since then um not really man i've been catching up on work oh yeah fair enough <laughs> and sleep to be frank dude. I slept so much in the last week or two like it looks like you haven't slowed down one bit though i've been keeping up with what you've been up to man it's wild no it was a busy few weeks since childerberg i was like Oh, Christ, we're really doing all of this? Okay, fine. Fuck it. Fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. You know, while we're young, right? But yeah, well, you know, there is an urgency. Like, I, I, you know, even though I slowed down, caught up on things, I, I'm i fired up right now, man, because we got to get this done. <laughs> no, I, I, this is why when you, we were like, oh, talking about coming on the show, you're like, yes. How I about feel, tonight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, I feel very much on on a level with where you're at with this kind of urgency to what we're we're talking about and because it's not like nothing's gonna be complete you know nothing's gonna be ready so you know like for for, for preppers like until you have a a converted you know nuclear missile silo with like 200 years of supplies none of us are gonna consider ourselves ready so the the big thing is spreading the knowledge you just hit at the heart of it though with that with that image um, <laughs> i think that image is like almost false and just like misguided so mm. i think what the core of this conversation might be is that what i advocate for is way more like local alternative economics right counter economics like we practiced at childerberg like yeah. hella agorism barter trade like between you me and the fence post <laughs> nominations make you comfortable and like what we need are networks of skilled people. Yes. We don't need bunkers. We don't, <laughs> maybe we need a couple of bunkers. Yeah. Yeah. See, like, there you go. That, that's the prepper in you. You're like, all right, never say never, but <laughs> still got you. But no, absolutely. No. What, what you're saying is, is the heart of the issue here, which is community building and like building those networks and, and knowing people instead of just, having like a bunch of screen names that, you know, when the internet goes out, you're kind of fucked. You're like, oh, uh, they had a good video on, uh, you know, gr- making a, on the greenhouse or whatever. And you're like, oh, well, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I really wish I would have gotten a couple of those guys, like, I don't know, addresses, <laughs> phone numbers. I don't know. Like maybe we should have gotten radio comms up like ham and like, you know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying is, there's there's a convergence of communities. So what we need to do is make friends with the ham guys. Yep. So that so that we can ideally have networks of communication that we have sort of, you know, already figured out before that day comes, if it comes, you know. Yeah, yeah. And there were uh and this is not the doomsday podcast, but we live in fucking scary times and like there's no doubt. Yeah. 
So we, we definitely had a couple uh, ham radio guys. Uh, like Carl Camper, one of the Timeline Earth guys. He uh, he came on our show a while back and did uh, a whole talk about ham radios and stuff and how to get into them. But yeah, there, there's it's a little bit daunting. There's so many skills there's out there. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. And, and, and so in a well, nutshell, that's why I, I always advocate like the first thing you can do is plant a little garden if you have a space. So yeah. it's a very simple thing to do. It's not that hard. Um, hence the name easy peasy. Like, you know, all this other stuff, like I said, there's people who are already experts. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'll tell you, like, some of the people I met at Self-Reliance Fest are tackling these problems. Like, you know, there were people there selling devices to protect your truck or your house from EMPs. Mm. Uh, there was a moonshiner. There, you know, blacksmith. We, we had one know. on our camp at Jilderberg. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> moonshiner. You try, you try any of his stuff? I did. I He's not quite a moonshiner. I mean, he makes hooch. Don't get me wrong. Oh, okay. Is that some technicality I'm too European to well, understand? moonshine specifically <laughs> high grain you know, high proof grain alcohol mm. that white lightning you know so so at 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 Childerberg we had more of a of a uh, viticulturist although he doesn't use grapes that's that's grapes that's a wine thing but you know, whatever you want to call a mead maker i guess oh no i was talking about um i was talking about we had a guy at our camp uh, one of the guys in the Hawaiian oh, shirt with the 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 heart uh, sunglasses on his plate carrier he's a moonshiner huh yeah yeah yeah. you didn't try any of his stuff i don't think i did i feel like i remember somebody mentioning it but i don't think i tried it yeah oh, okay damn that's a that's a shame we'll, we'll have to uh we'll have to bug him next year because i'm sure he's going to be down at, tell at, you, in a shit hits the fan scenario people are not going to stop drinking you know? oh no and and that's one of the most valuable things you can have to trade you know cigarettes and booze yep like cannabis bullets oh no seriously (laughs) christ if i if there's if i lose all the seeds all the plants and all my weed i i might just be shooting people speaking of which (laughs) i might light up here i don't know how you feel about that but no i I, big fan big fan i i honestly i wish more gun owners were pot smokers than uh than drinkers (laughs) i like i maybe shouldn't even say this but when i applied for my you know what fuck it because uh constitutional carry just passed in my state and it goes into effect the first of july so (laughs) i'll say it i don't give a fuck um on my application to get my concealed carry license there was a question that specifically asked are you a user of cannabis Hmm. what do you think i said well that's that's a very loaded question well it seemed like it to me i said you know i won't say what i said I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, it's it's silly. The founders enjoyed the stuff. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Man, yeah. They, uh, they, they, why, they were out there. I mean, Christ, they were probably out there dueling each other because they ran out. <laughs> like this motherfucker sitting on the last nug, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Nah. I, I don't know. It's one of those silly things. Like, I, I think the future is hippies with guns. Well, it. It cracks me up because I hear that like a lot of jujitsu guys smoke a lot of grass, you know? Yeah. Like, well, you get, if you get the fuck beaten out of you just practicing, absolutely. You're going to be sore as hell. Well, I think they say that a little bit before the match, it helps them like, kind of get <laughs> loosen get, up. You no. Know? Yeah. They, it loosens them up or mm. whatever. So, yeah. oh, man, I, I don't think warriors uh, should should hide from this stuff. I, I, I 100% agree, man. 
Like yeah. uh, my some of my favorite stuff that I've been uh, like kind of unearthing recently. There's uh, you ever seen the old videos of uh, some guy shotgunning out of a shotgun in Vietnam, like smoking smoking weed through yep. it. Yep. You know, I feel like I've seen that. Wasn't that in um, Full Metal Jacket or some shit? I think it's like some archived footage. I'm not. Sure. Well, maybe it might be in. I think it's in Platoon. You know, I. I but I'm sure you probably saw a real clip uh i'm just saying that, that oh that yeah yeah done in one of those for movies. all i know i just saw a, a clip from platoon i thought it was cool as fuck i'm uncultured but we're working on it yeah. but uh no no i absolutely agree i mean christ you think like you know a few hundred years ago they gave a shit about that stuff like i mean christ the germans were giving their soldiers meth you know <laughs> like a little yeah. bit of, a little bit of pot's not gonna hurt a gun owner no no <laughs> you know it kind of actually pissed me off to see it on the form i'm like that's discrimination motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> quite right seriously you know, like a responsible goddamn citizen fuck you, you know? <laughs> well i <clears throat> at this stage in time i all of that stuff makes me laugh so much like whenever i see new gun law stuff coming up at this point i'm like does it really matter like we're kind of we're like toying with going into free fall right now are we really going to as respectful citizens agorists are we really going to listen to any of this of course not it, it, it comes out and you're like that is insultingly dumb and yeah. inconsistent so no and that is really the future i mean just with childerberg growing and interest in these kind of events growing and, and interest in self-reliance of all descriptions growing mm -hmm. people are really kind of past the point of being like oh let me keep up to date with the newest law now it's like ah that's dumb let me ask <laughs> Let me ask permission. No, no, let's, let's just do what we got to do. And that's, I see a lot of parallels. Um, I loved, like I said, that episode you did about outlaw gun culture, um, because I see parallels with the food culture right now. Like the small ag community is fed up, yeah. fed up, man. They're fed up with the USDA, the FDA. They're like, get the fuck out of our business. You know, these are small, like, you know, organic, grass-fed, whatever you want to call it, good quality food. And these guys have to jump through all the same hoops as the big guys. And the big guys designed the hoops, right? So, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good game. It's no different. I mean, it's, it's, it's a basic human right to be able to feed yourself, right? Like by whatever means you choose, right? Eat at your own risk. The whole thing about all these food safety laws is... It's a tyranny that most people don't even consider. Um, you know, all these requirements for packaging and processing, um, it really cuts cuts the knees out from under like the small rancher or the small farmer. Um, you know, a lot of times you'll go to the you'll go to the farmer's market and you'll buy stuff and it'll be labeled not for human consumption. <laughs> Just as like a wink wink, you know, yeah, talking, yeah. about agorism, like uh, you know, raw milk. There's been a there's been a 30 year long battle over raw milk in this country. You know, I met a guy who is literally a raw milk bootlegger or was, we'll say. He he would cross state lines with raw milk to sell it <laughs> in Chicago, where it was against the law. He'd come down from Wisconsin with all this raw milk and sell it to people who, you know, people who thought they were lactose intolerant. And turns out, no, they just their, their body doesn't agree with homogenized, pasteurized, fucking 2% milk, man. Like they need single cow 
raw milk. Yeah. Well, what a concept. Yeah. And it's, just, <laughs> it's no different than the right to keep and bear arms, like the right to procure food from the sources that you so choose. You know, it's a similar, you know, it's, it's self-defense, it's self-preservation, it's it's survival. Well, they're, they're, all, they're all animal things. I mean, an animal has claws or fangs or talons or whatever, and just as, as much as it has a fucking mouth so it can feed itself, you know, right. and, and, and instincts. But they, I mean, the current way they're trying to squeeze the culture is obviously against, you know, the individual. And we're not, we're, you know, very, very blatantly, clamping down on people who are trying to be independent of the wider thing and really trying to stomp out that last bit of kind of frontier lifestyle, wherever it is, even in the city or whatever. They're trying to make it so you're terrified of the risk of that. And, you know, they, they want good consumers. And obviously I'm preaching to the choir here, but that that's about where we're at. You know, so many people, it's like a war of attrition almost. Like if they just outlast all the people doing their own thing and making things happen for themselves by just pushing and pushing and pushing and making it more and more and more difficult and more and more hoops for you to jump through. Mm-hmm. Like they, they think they can just, I mean, they, you know, done it with guns, doing it with food, doing it with all of these rights, anything that is important to the individual, they're making sure you outsource it and making sure there's no way to do it for yourself. And we're like, I don't know. A lot of people are kind of sensing this end of an era where people are starting to recognize that. And yeah. it's it's funny because accidentally, I, I don't want to jump too far into the politics here, but currently we have, you know, like the, because politics suck, but um, we we have, we just had two years of, of vaccine stuff. And so the right are like, well, no, actually I'm in charge of my own body. And now ironically kind of we have the roe v wade thing and i i saw your your thing going to the i didn't i didn't listen to it but and i went and basically interviewed some pro choice folk and mm. and i came at them like from a very non-judgmental non-aggressive like yeah, yeah. basically i just said hey like i'm just curious to ask you about one particular thing i said like are people here or are you guys in particular thinking about whether or not this whole my body, my choice thing applies to vaccination. And they all seem kind of like caught off guard by it, which I found surprising because it's like in my meme sphere, there was tons of stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah. It's just like that's the only fucking thing because it's so obvious. Like so, we had two years of that. But, you know, I, I spoke to some people and like, you know, some people were like, whatever. Like, but, fuck you, dude. Yeah. And then other people were like, well, you know, come to think of it, like, if we're going to say that for this, we should also say it for that. I'm like, exactly, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to be consistent here. Um, but no, like, all politics aside, I mean, not really aside, but like, <laughs> I, I, I'm I, not afraid to talk politics with folks. I tend not to cover um, current events or like politics much on my show. Oh, yeah. But when I see something so blaring and when I see an opportunity, frankly, to go out in the streets and just like talk to people and like let them let them speak their their mind and let you make up your mind based on what they say. I don't even provide a whole lot of context or, um, you know, editorializing. I just give it to you as it is. And you can just hear some people have thought it through more than others, you know, yeah. Frankly, I don't think most people have thought it through. 
you know. Well, yeah, a lot of people are being forced to confront consistency or, you know, die on the hill. (laughs) And I'm the reason I bring up politics because, you know, Agoras should hate politics and kind of think of it as irrelevant, more more or less. I'm anti-political. Yeah, no, like likewise. But what it's important to keep like you know, a little bit of an eye on it because right now it is creating an opportunity to, as you went out and were kind of talking to people, have that talk about consistency. And there's this cultural moment too, where people are, a lot is on the table and kind of being put out there in a way that it hadn't been before, where there's so much hypocrisy and so much of one side doing one thing and the other side copying it. And, you know, with with so many people being plugged into the politics these days, I think it's kind of revealed how ugly it all is to a lot of people that were not paying attention at all to, yeah. you know, shit like during the Iraq war and everything. People were like blinders on. But now that everyone's become so political, they're like, oh, this is awful. And and now it's gone like so much more crazy because of that. You can't you can't ignore it. It's like right there in your face. It's so yeah. obvious, and it's impacting our lives now. That's yeah. the that's the difference. Gas is fucking $5 plus. So, um, you know, I think it's important not to mistake like public discourse for politics, right? Yeah. Politics is the people who curate power from like a collective agreement, right? I guess I, 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 I don't know offhand the exact definition of politics, but I assume. No, no, no. You're, you're right. You're right. Like there, there is like. Public discourse, like, uh, that's a whole different thing. And talking about issues is not necessarily politics, right? Politics might play into it because yeah, of yeah. the system that we're in. But, um, you know, I get annoyed because people be like, can we not talk politics? It's like, <laughs> we're not. We're talking about our lives. Like, yeah, no, that's very fair. We're talking about what's happening, you know? I mean, do you want to ignore what's happening? Like, yeah, well, I lo- so many people, there's like kind of that, that last little group who are trying to keep their head in the sand. It's like, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> like, like, have you seen the price of fucking food and gas? No, you gotta, you gotta come out and face the music. And to say it, it's, it, it's an addiction to comfort. I've said it a bunch of times, but people are so hooked on comfort and stability that even though all the sirens and bells and whistles and warning signs are flashing it's uh you know they they refuse to accept it because they can still turn on the tube and watch you know subscription thing of choice (laughs) watch i love lucy or their fucking csi or whatever gets them off you know yep my my favorite oh my god i've got a few people at work that watch uh i don't know they just seem like generic like pod people shows like the the kind of basic network dramas about cops or like firefighters and stuff mm-hmm. i'm like like i'll hear like co-workers talking about like oh did you see the most recent episode of whatever cop show i'm like jesus what a way to live your life man i mean i i can't judge because i did it like for a long time you know yeah but um honestly the tv doesn't get turned on much anymore like there's well, too much else to worry yeah. not worry like there's too much get else done to- yeah, yeah. Um, I guess taking us back to the urgency thing and like, I just I really think people are starting to wake up 
to the fact that food matters. And, um, man, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm concerned because I'm afraid of hungry motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not just going hungry yourself. It's, it's always the people with these things. Like, what are the people going to do? Like, which you might be fine I, in a crisis. Which is why I connect to, like, it's not just gardens and it's not just guns. It's both. Like, yeah. Got to be both because if you can't defend your garden, it ain't gonna stay yours, you know. Yep. Yeah. And and if you're only, if you've only got bullets, well, good luck uh, raiding gardeners <laughs> and and the rest, you know. But well, and I you know you're you're more clearly the gun guy, right? I'm just just getting into it. I mean, I bought my twenty two like four years ago. Hunted some squirrel like bought a 12 gauge still haven't shot my first deer but i will um but like the ar this friend of mine kept telling me you got to get it get your get your rifle man like get it before it's too late and i kept kind of like not wanting to believe him right so mm. i can still relate well, i can well, still, why the, the denial why? the denial was still here for me for a while it's, <laughs> uh, i you know i just don't want to accept that i really need that Oh, are you like, is it coming from like more of the, and I would completely, no judgment, completely empathize, but more the hippie kind of thing. Like, I don't want to, I don't want a rifle to kill people because I I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy, but maybe maybe I have to be, you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a fucking like personally living, (laughs) living and growing up in England. I wish I could have carried it fucking 16, but (laughs) um, I don't know. Like, I, I, I definitely feel the same way. And something uh, a good friend of mine talks about a lot is, like, kind of Taoism and all of that. Like, And, and something we talk about a lot is peaceful, not harmless, and kind of the mm-hmm. the mindset of being, you know, like, like this is a last resort. I have zero interest in it. It's not a fucking fantasy. But mm-hmm. I'm going to be good with it. <laughs> I'm going to know my shit. You have to be, man. Like, I had... I had an altercation recently. I talked about it on my show. Uh, motherfucker, motherfucker put a dent in my truck by sitting on the hood, taking a selfie, you know, <sighs> being, a, being a jackass, you yeah, know, yeah. It's an old truck. It's, I love my old truck. Like, no, you got to fight for your lady. That's yeah, that's, man. Quite, that's quite all right. So I got real shitty, but like the whole time I'm thinking, <laughs> don't, don't be too much of an asshole. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I basically had to speak my piece and I tried to get 50 bucks in restitution because he put a, he damaged my shit. He put his ass in your fucking truck. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't belong to you. That belongs to me, motherfucker. <laughs> and, um, but anyways, like he, he started wanting to fight me, you know, oh, Christ. his friends bailed and he wanted to fight me. And I just put my hands up. I said, you better just walk away. You know, like I'm, I didn't say it, but like, he's he's got fists i hope he doesn't have anything else but i've got plenty and it's like back up you know yeah we're done here like since you're not gonna since you're not gonna apologize you're not gonna make it right fucking go along because i'm not gonna call the cops but like fuck off yeah yeah if, if you mind me asking and and if, if you don't want to answer no worries but were you, were you carrying at the time yeah 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 that's it's the like, whole Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the thing. Like so many people ignorant to kind of the mentality you have when you're carrying is you have to be the nicest guy in the room. 
Like yeah. you, even when you have every reason not to. Be. Yeah, yeah. So someone's putting their fucking finger in your chest. You're like, I don't want to fucking blow your head off, dude. That is a, the worst day of my life. Like, don't. Right. Well, frankly, <laughs> I'll let a guy beat me up. I, I mean, I'll fight back, but if he beats me dead to rights, I'll let him beat me up before I before I kill him. You know, like that's yeah. that's me. You know, I you know I hope he doesn't beat me within an inch of my life, but I actually have friends, you know, across the street. It wouldn't have lasted. You know, I wasn't afraid of him. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. He wasn't that but, big of a threat. He was kind of a spindly ass motherfucker. Yeah. 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 But I, yeah, it's, it's all about, all about it's, controlling the situation, not escalating it, but also yeah. not, you know, like if someone, if someone wrongs you, you can't just like, can't take it necessarily. That's, I mean, it's a hard thing though. Like I said, um, I don't know, man can't can't just let somebody disrespect your property but <laughs> you gotta you gotta walk on eggshells with these assholes and it sucks well yeah i mean i mean christ it is what it is. i'm not trying to go i'm not trying to plead my case in front of a judge yeah so, yeah it's like the guy sat on my truck and then it escalated to me shooting him like great thank you thank you asshole yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know the only way i would even consider drawing is if he pulled a blade oh, or, yeah, yeah. or a gun or you know um but like i said i'm glad i'm glad i had the experience it was a good you know good trial run but i'm you know these days man i just figure it's not going to be the last time you know that is the thing and and like that's why it's it's so important to have that kind of mentality of de-escalation because you have no idea how crazy something like that could get you know like like it it could go from zero to a hundred like that and life is so precious living is so precious like fuck all of that nonsense over pride or or when when the when the wrong is not you know worth that kind of exactly i mean he didn't he didn't kill somebody i know he didn't kill somebody <laughs> i know he sat on my truck big yeah you like know, fuck big this big. asshole get out of here what the fuck and that's what it was is like, <laughs> for you to walk away you know? yeah but anywho let's get back to <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I, I just had to, I had to jump into it a little bit just because I think that's a, you know, an important learning experience for anyone listening. And yeah, you know. yeah. But, um, yeah. So I guess as I was talking about right before we started, like I, I really want to bridge um, my gardeners and my gun guys. And yeah. it started. There's absolutely there's tons of gun guys out there who are already like you know full blown agorists doing their thing, doing the mutual aid stuff, and that's killer. But I want to get more and more of them on and so many people there was like a decent wave of it like i think before covid or maybe the first the the early part of it when people had time to kind of like invest but now everything's so go 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 like grinding just to keep their head above water but there's still that nagging like you know i need to get on that i need to start i need to start learning so do you have any kind of uh advice for someone just starting into it from uh mostly a place of ignorance they just know they need some kind of way to add to you know it's not going to be a hundred percent of that food but it's going to be something well i guess okay so the most practical thing truthfully is to start going to the farmer's market and start building relationships with your local producers mm. because you can only do so much i don't care who you are how much land you got but if you're if you're just getting started forget about growing at all like yeah you know forget about it um, if you are genuinely just wanting to start a garden, like a little herb garden, a couple tomatoes, you know, that's great. I think it's awesome. 
but truth be told, I think you're almost better off starting with chickens. Mm. Like, fuck plants. Get some eggs coming in because that's real food. And value for trading. Absolutely. Uh, getting 10 or 20 birds, whatever, you know, even if you're like in a city, a lot of times you can have like six or eight. And that's six to eight eggs every day. Yeah. I mean, so chickens are awesome. Like a little bit of a veggie garden's cool, but like, I think people need to think about growing. I'm kind of <clears throat> almost moving beyond, um, just gardening. Like, I think we need to learn how to grow the food that our food eats. Yeah. I was just thinking, I was just going to ask about like, you know, how feeding the chickens long-term, but yeah. Yeah. So in a grid down, like shit hits the fan situation, like feed stores are not an option. So, yeah. um, there are ways to grow everything that your, your livestock needs and provide it for them and make their lives awesome and like mm. have it be pretty self-contained. Um, I think anytime you're thinking in terms of I'm going to grow all of my produce, it's like, yeah, you, you actually can do that fairly easily. That's not that much lettuce, tomatoes, onions, carrots, you know, veggies are pretty simple, but like, yeah. instead of growing your, your vegetables, you really need to grow your, your proteins and your fats. And, um, yeah. So if you have land, it's like, look into, look into permaculture design, look into, um, sort of like food and fodder trees. So white mulberry, you know, if you have any amount of land, plant some white mulberry because everything eats white mulberry. And uh, you can you can use that shit as as pig feed, chicken feed. Like, it's incredible. Um, you know, there's a million different techniques. Like, I can't give anybody a silver bullet. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. But I would say if you're really interested, like, get some books on permaculture. I'm thinking Gaia's Garden is a good start. Um you know, as cheesy and simplistic as it is, square foot gardening um, breaks down like how to do raised beds, you know, simple vegetable production uh, just puts it into nut, nuts and bolts. Um, I'm looking up here, but there's I, I could give you 20 books. I'm not gonna, but just Google permaculture, like watch some YouTube you know, fuck Google, like find some better way to search. They probably <laughs> good stuff. Um, but it's, it's a whole like system of design system, you know, systems based thinking, um, is what I advocate and breaking down problems is, is not easy, but like solutions are always simple. That's what I'm convinced of. Uh, you have to just find the simplest solution to the to the problem, which takes some time and takes some figuring out. Well, yeah, I mean, rant. sorry, no, 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 I love it. I love it. If it's if it's going to be sustainable, it does have to be simple. And that's, I think, kind of what should be the great relief for all preppers, because that's kind of true of most things. Like if it's super complicated, it's not going to be sustainable for you. So find, simplify it, make something that's a bit more foolproof long term, you know, I, I that happens for like every kind of discipline within the the prepper umbrella. I think it's got to be there's got to be a fallback and a contingency. Yeah, well, and a lot of it's pretty basic, like common sense stuff. You know, yeah. it's it's what you're already thinking about. I need you know water. I need you know 
fuel, I need food and uh, sort of these zones of, of design, you know, permaculture breaks it down into five zones where you just start at zone one and you work your way out. And uh, I won't kind of give it away any further than that. But the whole point is one step at a time, like don't get overwhelmed. You know, if you've already bought the guns, like maybe put the guns down for a minute, pick up the hole. And like, Warrior in the garden, AR's coming with me. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and, and if you don't plan, think about like people you know that might let you garden. Yeah, do some community gardening. If you build that relationship, be like, hey, I want to have a garden. Like I don't have the space, but I would do it here if you'd let me. And you can have all the stuff you can shake a stick at, like – but I just need the space. Mm. And that's a good way to get started. Practice. It's almost better, man. Like practice on somebody else's property. Like <laughs> fuck up their shit first. You know? <laughs> there you go. That's the message. No, no, no. That, that's that's how I grew up. Um hunting was going around and asking landowners permission if you know me yeah. and my dad could go and hunt like take care of some deer for them. And I'm sure just the same. Like, hey, do you want like you've got acres and acres and acres and you're probably old and crippled and can't see half of it like do you mind if i grow some stuff on it and if you just build some trust and approach them you know friendly and maybe i mean depending on what part of the country you're in maybe don't come in your uh your grateful dead shirt but well yeah (laughs) you already like you kind of need like some base level of relationship yeah yeah you know yeah (laughs) but it's not that hard, actually. Some people, some people have made a lot of money on really small plots of land, like leasing it from neighbors in 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 urban kind of environments where, you know, you're just leasing a front yard and putting up a little like greenhouse and producing as much food out of that greenhouse as possible. And uh, you know, I've heard of people making like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars on like an acre. You know, I I believe it. Yeah, people do incredible stuff with small spaces. Yeah, um, there's someone you should probably follow on Instagram. They're very much up your alley, and they were very much kind of uh, someone who has their foot in both the gun space and the gardening space. They are they go by Wishabish Wood, and they I think they're in Oregon, and they do uh, a whole lot on I can't remember the life of me if it was half an acre, an acre, or five acres, but something like that. I think it was half an acre or something. But they do incredible stuff with just that tiny bit of space, like so much self-produced food, you know, meat, plants, all all the good stuff. It's like it, it doesn't take much. And like like you said, if you don't have the land yourself, I mean, that's what community is for, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to say the guy I'm thinking of that really made a lot of money in the city, like on small plots. I believe that was Curtis Stone. And he's on YouTube. Like you can just copy his system um very low overhead to get going like you just have to do it take some hustle but yeah i think he did it all like out of a bicycle like he would just pedal around the city like to all these little all these little micro farms you know yeah 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 I, like once you that's that's a surprising thing like no matter where you are in the country you'd probably be surprised by just how much is already established around you. Like you don't have to go and, you know, build the ark or whatever. Like it's out there. There's so much mutual aid and, and community and like uh farmer's market co-op kind of deals already out there. Yeah. I mean, uh, community gardens are like always looking for volunteers. So 
if you want to get plugged in with people, that's a good way to start. It is going to be more of the hippie types though. You know, that's, yeah. that's the thing is like, um, the hardest part's going to be bringing these groups together even more. Cause I yeah. think the ones, the ones that are already together are like the most, frankly, the most switched on, like, yeah, yeah. But like, there's huge numbers of people that are in these different communities that are not quite trustworthy, you know? No, absolutely. Everybody else, like they're not quite ready to trust. When I say they're, they're not trustworthy. I mean, they're not, they're not ready to trust everybody else is what I'm trying to say. No, hundred percent. Like when we were, I think first mentioning some hippie stuff earlier, I'm sure half my audience was delighted and the other half were like, ah, for fuck's sake. Like, like, like yeah, I'm we get parts like hippie, redneck, cowboy and like suburbanite. I was raised as a suburbanite, but like I've taken on all these different personas and I'm not afraid to admit, like I've kind of built a personality out of what I like, man. Like well, as it should be, right? It took some years to figure that shit out. But like, yeah, I didn't want to be that fucking sheltered suburban kid forever. You know, I was yeah. like, let's get out and fucking live a little bit, you know, tear it up, fucking get her done, you know? Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the beautiful thing about this loose liberty movement and all community as well is like, you do have the gun guys getting a little bit uncomfortable with only knowing guns and being like, ah, fuck, I'm gonna have to go talk to the hippies. And then they're, they're like, you know, you talk to a few of them at events like Childerberg or whatever, and you kind of, you're like, huh. These people are like me, just without the tactical vest and AR. Like, yeah, we're very much on a level, you know. This hippie carries a snubby thirty-eight special. Like, I know, love it. That's me, you know, like <laughs> that's the future. That is the future. You know, and uh, there's nothing wrong with like making friends that aren't just like you. you no. Know? I, I, a hundred percent. Like uh, yeah. for all the talk of individualism, there's a lot of like you to different groups. It's like, come on, man. It's to say it can be clicky at times, right? Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like liberty movement, but it is, it's where people come together. I I'm, I'm convinced. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it outside of, like I said, maybe a music festival where people are just naturally like anarchistic because they're all just there for the music. But like when you take it beyond just entertainment or like having a good time and you take it up a notch to a lifestyle. Yeah. It's pretty wild. And like, I'd encourage anybody that's listening to this to go and listen to my self-reliance episodes, maybe before listening to the Childerberg episodes, <laughs> way more practical, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Really cool knowledge in there. I said that self-reliance fest had a similar vibe, like a similar wavelength vibration, but um, kind of more experienced or more knowledgeable, more knowledgeable, more, more based in the sharing of knowledge. Like yeah, that was yeah. The whole thing is there were speakers from 10 AM to five, right. You know, back to back to back. And just like, you could just soak it in like a sponge. People talking about making badass compost, you know, raising the healthiest chickens you can. Mm. Um, you know, like I said, there were moonshiners, there were blacksmiths, there were all these like, you know, 3d printer geeks, like crypto nerds, you name it. It was, it was Childerberg, but with more instruction and less psychedelic. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. The, the entertainment or the, like the reason Childerberg exists is very much to chill. And then the, the education that happens is kind of like just circumstantial from a bunch of people 
organic. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, gathering together. But it's it's cool that there's uh there's more skill centric and educational kind of festivals out there. Like, have you ever heard of the uh, Rogue Food Conference? At yeah. I Point meant Face to bring Rose? it up. I meant yeah, yeah. to bring it up earlier because it's so in line with like the two A stuff. When I was talking about how the farmers are fed up, I went to Rogue Food last summer. Okay, was, you you might have been there at the same time. Uh, one of the contributors to my Substack, um, State of Appalachia. I, really? I might have, yeah, yeah, I might have really fucked up that pronunciation. I always do. I, I always <laughs> I always guess the wrong one. But anyway, um, hey, you said it okay. Appalachia, Appalachia, uh, Appalachia. Ugh. I don't know. How are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah he he gives me shit no matter what because I always fuck it up. But yeah. uh, he wrote an article on it, learning to be rogue. Uh, it was uh, August. 2021 so yeah, yeah that so, might have been the same one yeah, yeah. every summer i can't remember if it was in august specifically but that it very well probably was the, the yeah. one he was at thomas massey spoke at yep 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 okay cool so it you- was rad it was rad man it like i said it's all these farmers that are just it's like i bet you five ten years ago they might not have considered anarchism but now they're just like well shit fuck this is all the <laughs> yeah. yeah we can't beat them Fucking work around them, motherfucker. You know? Yeah, just, just them. we ain't gonna join them. That, <laughs> just that. naturally, they're like, ah, I don't really like the boot that keeps on kicking me in the face. Yeah, I think, I, I think I'm gonna work against it. For real, for real, like, or yeah, around it, you know, more peacefully. People talked about working like or uh, building like food churches, right? Like a food church. Real, let's make it religious, man. Don't tell me what beef I can't eat. <laughs> right? Like, this is my religious beef. This is my sacred beef. This is blessed by the, by the you know, empress of the church. I forget what she calls herself, but the lady that came up with this idea of a food church, she says, like, the um, pre- high, pre- high priestess. That's what it is. <laughs> high priestess of the food church. She blessed this cow. Like, fuck you. And your FDA and your USDA. Yeah, how we have prepared it is wholly and important to us. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, even less extreme than that, even just private food clubs, like, you know, members-only grocery mm. stores. Like, you can get away with stuff. Not, wow. that, not that it's getting away with it. No, 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 but it's it's a workaround. It's, it's a loophole, yeah, yeah. I love that stuff. Like, that, those kind of things are very much i think contained at the minute like within just those the people who are actually going out and you know learning the stuff in person there's i haven't seen too much external from it which is why i like people like yourself and and my friend you know going there and and writing up and bringing back the information for us but that stuff really needs to just be exploding right now because it needs to get out there yeah, you know, I think it kind of is. Like, oh, no. Yeah, we're, we're a little at a time. You know, I see all these little like TikToks of like, here's how you start your garden. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should be the guy making that shit. I just don't have the patience. I don't know. I'd rather talk about big stuff. And like, yeah. I'm trying to build a, a business where I can pay some other guy to make cheesy videos. Like, um, but point being, it's like I I see that there is a demand I'm responding to the, to the demand. Like my business would not be in its fourth year if there was not people thirsty for, and they don't even necessarily recognize it as a primal urge, but it is like every single one of them. I can see that they want 
some level of control yeah. over their own food. You know? Food food, uncerti- food uncertainty is like the most ancient human motivator ever. Like, yeah. so, and you're, you're quite right. Like these plugged in Netflix enjoyers, you know, potentially ourselves and our listeners included, like it's hard to recognize it as a survival instinct, but this kind of like constant buzzing paranoia of like, what if the, what if the Walmart trucks don't arrive? You know? <laughs> yeah, man. Well, you know, a little bit of comfort can be had thinking about how, like, I would say, <laughs> I hate to say it, but it's probably true. Say it, man. Nine out of 10 motherfuckers are just going to be so helpless and so confused and so <laughs> helpless. They're just, <laughs> just going to sit there and starve, you know? Oh, it's terrible. But yeah. And then, be like, oh, the government promised us food. Yeah, where's my where's my DoorDash, man? <laughs> no, it's gonna go, where, where's my DoorDash? Or where's my rations? Yeah, yeah, but uh, there are <laughs> there are those people that are gonna be threatening and scary, and like I have no doubt, I have no doubt. So the soldiers, okay. So I love this quote. <laughs> I love this quote. I think it summarizes it well. But it's like it's it's better to be a warrior in the garden than a gardener in the war. Oh, absolutely. I, I, that is going in my, my book, Defensive Warfare Against the State. And, uh, definitely that's something I, I repeat very often. That's something I'm trying to like communicate to my like-minded, you know, gun nuts. I'm like, oh, man. We... so like me, I'm a gardener and I need to learn to be a soldier, right? <laughs> a little bit. I'm getting there. You know, I'm, you know, I'm getting there, but those soldiers out there need to fucking learn to garden, you know, it's just straight up true, you know? If you want to, if you want to provide, I, I honestly think it's, it's natural. Like Samuel fucking Adams, man, he grew the food and, you know, he had a family and the, the woman took care of the kids and he provided the food, you know? Oh, in my household, the lady, but like, no, no, no. <laughs> my, my lady has the green thumbs. I'm just there with a rifle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you need to learn to get the green thumbs. No, I, 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 I know. Work the goddamn mule and fucking move the dirt man you're quite right no i i don't give myself enough credit i my my dad's like a, a crazy gardener he he's now in new zealand retired with like a whole homestead and growing his own weed and shit it's incredible he, he's a better agorist than most people i know but yeah. without without knowing it <laughs> yeah. but uh no i definitely need to step it up and, and so many other people do too well man but, it just ain't that hard you know no like, absolutely you just have to be attuned. You have to like anything else, man. You got to be attuned. You got to be with it. You got to know your plants. You got to you got to care for it. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, for us, the Southwest has not been kind. Learning out here. And I'm telling you, I'm here for a reason. Like that shit's no, going to dry up. Well, I, you no, know, I, it's already dried up is the thing. Yeah. yeah, that I mean that that is a long term concern of ours. I was just talking about that in a Q and A the other day. Someone's like, "Oh, what's your uh, long term plan for Arizona with the water?" I was like, mm-hmm. "Well, it's probably it's unfortunately probably not going to be Arizona, <laughs> you know." Well, I'd head east before I headed west. I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I love the West, man. I love the cowboy oh, shit, yeah. but it's it's hard to eat out here. Yeah, well, so or it's going to be partly, partly. I do have my like bug out plan for if if the population is more of the problem in the short term bugging out to the desert is it's an option I lived, out, I lived out there for a while i know i know the canyons a little bit i know some places like i know some people more importantly i know some people you know that's the oh big yeah thing. 
but um that's last fucking resort um frankly here i have people that i can i can i can be useful to them and they can be useful to me we already have a network we already have you know like a broad network and i think that's again what people should really think about even before starting your garden like meet a couple of producers and mm. uh, and buy their food it's just you know it's going to be expensive man but shut you know just shut your mouth and buy it like <laughs> it's worth it it is like it's going to taste 10 times better and uh you'll be like oh wow real food yeah because they're not going to sell it to people they don't know at a certain point the small farmers in your county that have 20 or 30 cattle and a dozen pigs and a flock of geese and a flock of turkeys and chickens if they don't know you they're gonna tell you to fuck off yeah <laughs> I mean, Dep- depending on your state they might not say it with words if, if everything goes to shit yeah <laughs> fuck my lawn motherfucker you know? yeah so you need to build those those relationships and you need to provide like value to them in some that, way yeah that's the other thing when, when everyone's like oh i'm coming to your house everything goes to shit don't be that guy yeah, yeah. no oh. stay the fuck home <laughs> i love you but don't well, come here <laughs> okay we can have that chat so like what are you offering yeah and frankly nobody's coming here because i live in a garage in the middle of the city but i have my secret places yeah and yeah my, and my people who i just know because i've basically built a mutualistic relationship where i provide value to them they provide it back you know, and I have a camper and I have my own means. That's um, a great thing to have in, in this kind of this kind of uh, era, just that, that flexibility to be like, well, I've got a place to sleep. Man, when I rented this, no work- what. this workshop is cheap as shit. OK, I'm keeping my overhead super low. But like when I rented it, I saw it for what it is. It's like a it's a place for my shit. It's it's dry. It's warm. <laughs> it's, you know, like I, I, I won't die while I'm living here, but it's, it's a place for me to, to basically bug out from if necessary or whenever I so choose, like I take road trips whenever I fucking need to. And, uh, so yeah, it's, um, there's different ways. You know, I joke about being like a, a nomad gardener cause I don't have a garden of my own. I maintain other people's gardens. That's perfect. Really? Yeah. So I get to leave and they take care of their shit and I come back a month later and like, it's not dead. Yeah. If the day ever, ever came, I have 20 people who I've curried favor with in the city, not to mention a couple of like other folks out in the country. And, uh, I don't know. I, I say it's like, not everybody's permaculture looks the same. Not everybody's anarchism or agorism looks the same. Like you gotta, you gotta build these connections yourself. I don't care if you're a programmer, a doctor, you know, you name it, like, but food should be a priority, whether or not you can grow it where you live, like find it, find it within 20 miles or you're, you're gambling, you know? No, seriously. Like that, that problem solving is exactly what, if someone fancies himself an agorist, like you have to be that problem solver. And these days, not only is it like a good survival tool but it's it can be fucking profitable if you're clever about it like i i know a guy uh i forget his twitter app but 
he uh, he's in a gorest in Norway, and he grows like tobacco leaves and a bunch of other stuff in his basement, and like sells it on the black market, and it's fucking killer. The guy yeah. he makes he makes good money. Like if you're a practicing agorist who is serious about this shit, oh, you've already started. You've already you're you're already there. If you're oh. if you have something you're selling on the on the gray or black market, like yeah, you're, you're doing it. Yep, you're doing it. Yeah. Thank you, local drug dealer. every pot dealer i ever had it's like what a good example (laughs) thank you for your service yeah thank you for your service because it's it's you know i wouldn't say it's a thankless job but it's it's a little bit dangerous we'll say that well i i mean yeah yeah you're yeah you have to run from cops you're a part-time therapist yeah there's a lot of it's it's difficult i I can't imagine full-time pal pal from I've had my pot dealer on like three times. Uh, that, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, he goes by Doctor Green Dust. That's his uh, his podcast alias. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's a good dude. Oh, that, that's no, that's what is fascinating. But. I uh, I like I said like if you if you're really unfamiliar with you know the idea of permaculture, it's a really it's a big concept, but there's some really good books. Um, and once you start to change sort of the way you think about things, it's the, the problems kind of like sort themselves out. Like I said, Hey, get like five, six chickens. That's, that's awesome. If you can do that, like fuck all the rest eggs. If you got eggs, you're, 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 you're still breathing. Yeah. No, 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 seriously. Um, is there anything, uh, on that? No. Is there anything that comes to mind, uh, that would be easy to grow for chickens? Um, well, they, they, they want to peck and scratch and get at bugs. Okay. So if you have enough room, you can kind of move them around and give them different patches of grass, like every couple days. And that goes actually a long way in cutting their, their feed costs. Um, mm. it's not a hundred percent, but the best thing to grow for chickens, as far as I know, is soldier fly larva. Hmm actually you're you're again you're growing your food's food yeah yeah yeah. and i've never done it but um yeah you're almost just like i don't think it requires a whole lot of input like because they're freshly hatched larvae you just like i think you order the the little like pupa or whatever and it's frozen i don't know if that's I, i can't remember what the right word is but um yeah you you feed them little baby bugs it's gross but hey i mean that that's really good because if the uh, world economic forum comes knocking you'd be like hey i'm just i'm just growing bugs here like that, yeah. no no plants no plants well, and like a big concept in permaculture is function stacking so like hey you know maybe soldier fly larva is one thing but if you do what's known as vermiculture uh which is worms worm composting mm. in bins you can you can propagate worms like crazy you can sell them for bait you know three dollars for a little thing uh you know fresh night crawlers right um actually you tend to want red wrigglers not night crawlers but point point remains but then you can feed the excess worms to your chickens too you know um you know there's a million ways to like stack functions and one thing feeds the next feeds the next um different plants are really good for them. Like I said, white, white mulberry, um, different grasses and things like that. But 
Yeah. No, I, I love that. And because that, that was something I'm shifting into a spot where I can really kickstart doing a lot of this stuff and planning some kind of move of some description soon. But yeah. uh, yeah, it's at, regardless of where that is or how it goes, the ultimate plan is to be able to do more of this stuff. So I've been I've been really thinking about that raising food for your food kind of thing, and it it's it's good to hear someone's input on it. But um, hey, if you're if you're staying in the desert, you might look into I believe it's like a movie, um, but it's called Greening the Desert. Jeff Lawton. Hmm. Jeff with a G, G E O F F or whatever the fuck. Well, if you ask me, that that name is Geff, but we will uh, we will go by his Jeff. Uh, he's a limey or something i don't know he's from ah there it is he's a kiwi i think he's a kiwi greening greening the desert right uh yeah greening the desert all right worth checking out yeah no seriously they took a a bare patch of dirt in like four or five years and made it lush i i used to watch stuff about that with uh the middle east like they were doing stuff like that with the growing you know cities like dubai and all that they were trying to green the desert and make oases like human man-made oases and stuff fuck knows if they managed it but uh lots of lots of experimentation with that going on but yeah yeah there's tons stuff. of information you just have to know where to look hit what it all hit, well the, all right the, the last thing maybe uh, maybe I, I i made a world economic forum joke but uh your comment about um the yin and yang of childerberg really got me <laughs> with, with uh with the uh, World Economic Davos uh, conference. <laughs> yeah, it's like I think I, I like, and we've touched on this a little bit this episode, but I think for the longest time things have been kind of imbalanced in terms of like people like us making plans and and building community and stuff because too many people have been I think not ready to hear this stuff. Mm-hmm. But what you were talking about this kind of. Uh, this kind of spiritual rebalancing or whatever of uh, the the yin to the yang of, of that stuff going on. I'm so glad these things are starting to happen more yeah. and more frequently and that we're, we're building connections like this between, you know, different parts of this wide community. But um, is, is there any, is there anything else kind of in your wheelhouse that you'd like to like direct people towards? Hmm. I like the question. So, okay, before I answer the question, I'll say just a thought I had. It's like, it's almost like there's, like we're few in numbers at this point, right? Just like them, you know, there's not many of them either. Yeah. There's not many of them either. The difference is they have resources, okay? Like a a shitload of resources. (laughs) Like all the resources. (laughs) Damn damn near. But no, no. So... We have to understand like where our advantages lie. Okay. And I think our advantage lies in our logic, which I believe is sound um, and our grassroots abilities and networks, you know, like the primal shit, man, like they are dependent on their freaking private jets and, you know, security personnel. And it's like, it's like fight club, man. Like (laughs) getting people everywhere, man. I hate to say it, but like we need to be able to flip the switch one day and say no more. 
but we have to build up to that in a peaceful and like safe kind of way if possible. And, yep. uh, shoot. Does that all make sense? I feel no, like that. No, no, no. That I, I, I really like that. I, I think right now, and this is what so many people kind of have that. When do we go attitude? And it's like, no, 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 build, like yeah. build your own thing, build it out and hope that you have as much time as they will give you. Well, frankly, I almost think if the time to go comes, we're all going to know it. <laughs> if, you, Yo. if you catch my drift, maybe, maybe not. But like, who knows? It, there might be little things here and there. Might not be all at once. But the last thought I'd give you to answer the question, excuse me. No, my, my question was rambly, so no worries. No, no, no. I heard it fully. The last thing I would give people if I can, right? The last tidbit of knowledge or whatever um i'm fascinated by the idea of flow theory or flow states have you ever heard this term like flow state as in like uh being ultra productive and stuff yeah or just um productivity is one thing but just like high performance mm. so whatever that happens to be yeah you know playing the violin or doing long division i don't fucking give a fuck you know like when you're in flow you're you're at peak performance in in a sense and i always drive home that it's 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 a simple concept that most people just have never given a lot of thought to but in essence i i i like to try to say that it's like you're either in flow or you're out of flow it's pretty like one or the other and most wild animals exist in a damn near constant state of flow. Okay. Except when, they, except when they're in pure like fight or flight or in the rare cases where they're like incredibly bored, you know, because there's, I always try to paint the picture and I'll try to do it, sh you know, concisely here, but yeah, take your time, man. We got all the time in the world. Okay. Well, imagine a graph, right? Two planes, you know, vertical, horizontal, and you've got this this bar running diagonally from the apex, you know, out into infinity, right? And that bar is called flow. And the vertical axis is I gotta take my time, make sure I get this right. <laughs> vertical axis is challenge, horizontal axis is skill, okay? And this flow channel that you kind of your brain and your body want to be in. Now it's when you don't have cortisol or adrenaline or like too much fucking serotonin or whatever. Like you're, you're, you're there, you're in the zone. And I think you're born there and you stay there until you start kind of getting these like sort of peaks and valleys, if you will. Right little blips of anxiety and boredom. And as we grow older, so if you imagine on this graph, right? So above the flow chart is anxiety below is boredom, you know, right? Boredom is where your challenge is not met by your skills. You know, anxiety is where your skills are, are inadequate for the challenge. Mm. And every time you leave that flow channel and you experience either anxiety or boredom, it kind of throws you off of your groove, right? Makes you less productive, less, you know, less uh, potent, proficient. Yeah, yeah. 
And, um, and I imagine like a healthy human being kind of is a smooth little squiggle working its way through this flow channel, maybe occasionally having some anxiety or some boredom, but not very fucking often because there's important shit to be done. And there's cool people to chill with when the work is done, right? Like that's what we're supposed to experience. We're not supposed to be these solitary, anxious, bored motherfuckers, right? Like the average American goes through this life on this graph and just ping pongs mm. forth. Or the worst thing, and it's what we call like mental illness beyond the just the run of the mill case of bipolar disorder that goes undiagnosed, um, is when you get kind of stuck, like. Either you're an extreme bipolar and you really bounce between the two or you're within like the healthy norm or you get stuck in anxiety and you spiral down into like pure like paranoia mania or you get stuck in fucking boredom and you spiral down into deep, deep depression. But like a healthy person shouldn't have to feel those things very often. So I impart that like the importance of understanding flow is learning how to experience it and stay in it. And, uh, you know, I used to be a pretty anxious, like socially anxious person, right? I think we all have uh, social anxiety, but like I've kind of learned to move beyond it by learning not to give so much of a fuck, first of all. Likewise. Yeah. (laughs) Did that one for years. (laughs) Yeah. But like, by staying in flow, I'm way more fun to be around, you know, I'm way Mm -hmm. more personable. Like, so I think if you can kind of like learn what flow is, what it feels like and how to stay there, um, that can do more good for you than fucking damn near anything else I could tell you about food or otherwise Like, (laughs) about fucking flow, man. Wonderfully said. I a hundred percent agree. And this is something, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Carrie Wedlow, but it's something something she touches on a lot with uh what she talks about with kind of you have to heal yourself before you can you know like help others find their way in life with you know liberty and all the rest of it like if you if you're a a person with with that kind of stuff going on and you're kind of not operating at 100 percent of your potential or you're not 100 percent really you because you've become trapped in either side of that paradigm it, it really fucks with your ability and that comes before, like, getting yourself right comes before being able to get good at stuff, really, you know? You, you have to be 100% of you, so. Yeah, but again, I would say, like, in permaculture terms, let's, let's stack functions. So how do, you, <laughs> how do you get yourself right, right? I think you get yourself right by finding the people that you need to find. Because you can't fucking be happy by yourself. You can't exist in this agorist world that we might be heading towards. This this world where basically if you don't have a network, you're fucked. Seriously. Right? You gotta have community, whatever that looks like, whatever you call it. So like one feeds into the other by by doing this, by going to events or you know, so I think a useful tool is um it's freedom cells. Yes, dot, I dot org, com freedomcells.org um you can meet liberty-minded like agorist anarchist type folks um through freedom cells um but you know like i said even just going to the farmer's market making a habit out of doing that twice a month um getting on a first name basis with some folks you'd be surprised uh how like-minded some of these people might be 
Yeah, whether they have the labels or not. Yep, exactly. And when it comes down to it, like, who cares what you called yourself? Like, where are we now? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, you might, you might not even announce yourself as some, some like, hardcore anything. You just, yeah, yeah. Just, just be friendly. Just be, you know, make friends, man. Friendly and interested. Really friends that will be beneficial and, like, useful. Not, not you know, it sounds terrible to say, like, but I believe in the idea of mutualism. You don't have to use somebody, but like if you're useful to them and they're useful to you, what else is, you know, what else is a friendship that, well, yeah, we're, we're social creatures. We should, we should have some kind of skill with making things happen that way. Right. 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 Well, part of the human experience. Well, yeah. Man. Uh, any, any last words on all that, man? I think I said all I needed to say, uh, listen to the easy peasy podcast. Wonderful. Uh, there's some shit there that I'm sure some of your audience would definitely enjoy. I'm not a full-blown hippie, but yeah, <laughs> a lot of grass and I, you know, I drink a lot of Miller Lite. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm only half slurring here. You'll hear me slur occasionally, but <laughs> I always try to, you know, give you something worth chewing on. Um, and I'm actually going to be going on the survival podcast in about a month. Fuck yeah. July 24th. Uh, if you haven't ever listened, Jack Spierko, he's a big name in the community and I'll be talking about similar stuff as I am here, you know, now, but, uh, probably won't be quite as tipsy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, you can get drunk on my show, but, but, but not Jack Spierko's. All right. Well, it's, all all about, right. it's all about context, man. <laughs> it's, you know, it's like, gotta keep it, keep it real here. You know? No, I, 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 I respect it. Harley, man, this is what you get when you catch me at 10 o'clock, so. No, honestly, my audience is used to it. If I'm not smoking one while I'm talking, they don't know what show they're listening to. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. I well, drank enough for the both of us, man, so. Beautiful. Uh, I, I smoked before I came on, but, <laughs> but um, all right, you you heard it. Easy peasy podcast. Check it out. Um, very similar to this show, but a lot more, uh, a lot more gardening stuff ecological yeah and and the man on the street stuff i really i really dig that i might have to yeah that's been fun too yeah get a little bit of this and a little bit of that yeah yeah absolutely variety variety hour all right um thank you so much for coming on man uh thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time peace